totally do like a Halloween theme music-y one. Well, I guess we've got, what, like 10 months now. Yeah, 10 months to prepare yeah. for... I'll bring my bass and we'll do something like ominously metal. Sounds good. We'll throw in some of our maracas. Well, I mean, you can't have metal without maracas, sure. Steve. Sure. It's just a fact. A ask Stevie Wonder. Come on. <laughs> the king of metal. <laughs> All right. What are we talking about this week, Latif? Well, I recently was attempting to watch uh, the remake of the Murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't mean to be so harsh. Just like it felt kind of weird to me. Didn't enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, totally fair. So, did you watch this because you watched the original and you're like, I want to see how they stack up, or you just happened to throw it on one night? No, I'd seen the original. Um, and then I was looking for something to watch, and then this came up. And I was like, oh, yeah, they made a, a remake. wonder how it turned out. I had a feeling it wasn't going to be great, because when it came out originally, like no one talked about it. <laughs> I always thought a, rem a remake yeah. to, you know, Sidney Lumet's original film would be interesting, but it wasn't very, very good. All right, so I have only seen the remake, and in all fairness, I saw it when it was in theaters, and how old is that? Like three years old? 2017. Yeah, yeah, so I call it two, three years, so my memory is not perfect, but... When you started telling me about this, I thought it was so interesting that we should do an episode on this. So I guess let's start with, like, what did you love so much about the original? Well, I don't mean to compare, but if you just look at the cast of the original movie, they're just, like, some really talented actors. Uh, the detective is played by Albert Finney. Um, Ingrid Bergman plays the character of Greta. Uh, Lauren Bacall, Sean Connery. Jacqueline Bissett, Vanessa Redgrave, Anthony Perkins, or most people know him as Norman Bates, uh, they they are pretty much kind of leading in that film. Like you could see them and be like, oh wow, great cast. And the new film, very talented actors as well. Uh, Kenneth Branagh is directing, but he's also playing the detective. Johnny Depp as the character of Ratchet, Daisy Ridley, Michelle Pfeiffer. Judy Dench, Penelope Cruz, Willem Dafoe. I like how they killed up, killed off Johnny Depp ASAP. He's in like two scenes in that movie. <laughs> well, yeah, they that that's how that's how his character goes. Um, <laughs> that's how Ratchet gets taken out in both films. He's not there for long. But spoiler alert, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, it's the first twenty minutes. Uh, yeah, and this is this movie is an adaptation of. The, the book Murder on the Orient Express by Agatha Christie. So I didn't even know it was a book. I just saw the, the movie, the one in 1974, and then I was like, oh, it's based on this book. And uh, apparently it's the, the one in 1974 is the most liked adaptation by uh, Agatha Christie. Yeah, I have yeah, heard that. And I'm, I'm sure she would have shat on the 2017 one. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so you and I were talking about this a little bit yeah. earlier, i.e. 10 minutes ago, and 
like you mentioned, the the new one is really well casted. Like you look at those actors individually and, you know, I'm sure you could be like, oh, Johnny Depp sucks. I personally really like Johnny Depp, but I don't think anyone could argue that it's has a bad cast. Like everyone in there has a lot of oh, talent. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. And you said that the first one was largely the same. Yeah, they both have like, you know, top build, all really, really talented in their own right actors. And, you know, they've got Willem Dafoe, one of my favorite actors, so already. He's so yeah, good. so I'm kind of excited for, for that. And, you know, Willem Dafoe was good in the movie. I won't take that away from him. He's always fun to watch. So where did it go wrong, in your opinion, then? Because, like, you have a movie for the new one. Yeah, it has great source material. It's been done really well once before. You have an amazing cast. How did it fall apart for you? I don't know. Just even from the opening of the movie, it had this scene where the detective is like trying to show his his skill. I felt like that scene was put in in the beginning of the movie to kind of show like, oh, this is a very skilled person who's who's cunning and can solve mysteries. And in the old movie, they had none of that. They just had this like creepy looking dude played by Albert Finney, like eavesdropping on people and being being a little weird and you don't really know who he is until he's announced as this is De- Detective Perot. And you're like, oh, that mm-hmm. guy? <laughs> he looks like an idiot. <laughs> Which is great because it kind of sets him up as like this do this total doofus but then throughout the course of the film yeah. you're kind of like oh okay maybe this guy is is someone to to respect and and look out for because he knows what he's doing but and so it's one of those things where it's like the difference in the character is in the new one right away you're like oh man this guy's he's the bomb this is james bond we're gonna watch him do some stuff where the old one you're like this guy's a total moron and then his intelligence slowly reveals itself yeah in ways his intelligence but also kind of skepticism and he, he seems a little uh kind of creepy in a weird way um whereas mm-hmm. in the new film casper now is you know he's, he's a good actor in his own right um oh yeah it just looks like he's wearing a mustache <laughs> Where... Well, spoiler the teeth. He is. But, but it's like, you know what? You know what we should do? Just put a mustache on me, and I'll play it, and direct it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'm not trying to shit talk. I know it sounds like that, but uh, I, I I really like Albert Finney. Anyways, I, I'm a mm-hmm. I, I love Miller's Crossing, and, he, and he's hilarious in that movie too. But um, he had like this mm. weird makeup, this ridiculous mustache. Again, not. Not a great mustache, but it kind of fits with the overall feel of the movie. And I think he had like a, a bit of a fat suit on or something. He looked different. He had this cane and this really dumb haircut. And he <laughs> he kind of looked like you just pulled him out of something and, and put him into the movie, which I kind of liked because it, collectively it felt like something. Whereas with the... Did he have the big mustache? No, it wasn't as big. It was, it was kind of like a little... Uh, kind of wavy mustache under the nose. It looked like something like a 1920s honky-tonk piano player would have. Um, mm. Whereas Kenneth Bernard's was like this really big gray mustache that kind of spanned his face. And it was 
distracting oh, yeah. in not a good way. <laughs> um, but he looked really <laughs> slim and kind of nice and a little sharp. And you're right, like a, a little James Bondy. And I, I personally was like, ah, that doesn't really f- feel like the right, you know, go at this character. Because he's already, mm. like, too likable. Whereas with the other detective, you don't really like him until the end of the movie. In the beginning, you're just kind of like, that's our, that's our guy? <laughs> but it's, like, his actions and his character that makes you kind of like him over time and his kind of quirkiness. But tonally, the movie... The movies did feel kind of different. Um, I, I, mm-hmm. There's one scene in particular that I remember, and I, I was watching it, and it, it really kind of threw me off. I was like, what What was like the point of that? Or or what was it trying to, to do? And it was the scene where I think Willem Dafoe's character is supposed to kind of be racist. So mm-hmm. there's this one scene where the the, the woman is like, having a wine and they're having a conversation and Willem Dafoe's like oh I, don't, I just don't think you should mix something um, it's perfectly fine the way it is kind of making a point about race and then she's like well I, I like to drink my wine something something and she like pours red wine into white wine and drinks it and then the camera <laughs> pulls back and it's like supposed to be this moment of like she's making a point but as I was watching I was like that was so awkward and it, it lingered like a few seconds after, as if it was supposed to be like for the audience. This is a moment of gravitas. Watch and feel. And <laughs> that's what it felt like to me. But I was just like, please get me out of this awkward moment. <laughs> <laughs> so having just watched the movie very recently... Like, I know it's really, really fresh in your mind, and you're able to go and pick those moments and say, you know, this moment was really awkward. I don't like how his mustache is introduced, those kinds mm-hmm. of things, right? Um, for me, having watched it so long ago, I only remember, like, how I felt as an overarching compared to it. But I remember telling you that I was like, yeah, I watched it. You know, I, I, I just felt it was really slow, but maybe not slow. Like, I was just really bored the entire time. Did you get any of those feelings? It, like, did you feel invested in the movie? Did you feel it pulled you in with its mystery? How did you just feel watching it aside from dissecting, like, moments here and there? Do you mean the original or the new one? No, no, the new one. I, what's the new one? It felt... I felt really disconnected from it. Because at times mm-hmm. it just felt so hammy. Um, and, w- and one thing to point out is in the uh, Sidney Lumet version of the film, the de- the shots they do of the train, it's so interesting because like it, the camera is connected to the train or watching it from like a perspective that feels real. Um, mm-hmm. It's either on the side of the train or maybe from the top or it might be somewhere off in the distance like watching the train move but the way that the train is shown in the new film it's like these absolutely crazy aerial shots following this train through these landscapes and it's it's like this almost like unbelievable um experience and i don't mean that in a good way i was watching it and i was like none of this is real (laughs) i don't buy it at all 
Yeah, I kind of felt that way watching, like, not so much the train, but now that you mentioned that, I do agree. But I, I remember, one of the things I remember thinking is there was kind of action scenes that came out of nowhere that didn't really feel like they belonged in right. the movie. Like, I, I remember there's one where I think they're running along, like, the side of the train and he goes, goes down to the train tracks or something mm-hmm. like that. I remember it being a very vertical scene, but I remember thinking, like, this is like a murder mystery thing, mm-hmm. which I'm cool with, and the whole reason I'm here is to see this murder mystery unfold. But you have these long, like, James Bondy, Matthew, or sorry, Jason Bourne action scenes that I was just like, it, to me, it almost feels like this movie doesn't really know what it wants to be, and I could totally see this is only, you know, this is skeptical on my part, but I could see. Like the writer saying, I want to make this murder mystery. And some studio executives like, yeah, but people like James Bond. Can we have some fight scenes? And he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> it, it didn't really feel like it belonged there. Totally, know? totally agree with you. It just felt like it was there to add a little bit of like flair to the what some would consider nowadays maybe a mundane story. And, you know, I'll admit mm-hmm. even the first one, it's it's a slow movie. It's not something that you go to like with a bag of popcorn and some pop and go, yeah. Uh, actually, a funny thing when it, when I saw Ford versus Ferrari, that was that kind of movie. I was in the theater with like five people, and just these two like older white guys, like a few rows in front of me. And every time the car would like rev up or like something intense would happen, he would just be like, yeah, like really loud. <laughs> it's like he was on a Harley whenever something crazy happened. Um, so th- that was not um, Lumet's murder on the Orient Express. It was, it was slow. It was paced. Um, and, and a very, I, I guess compared to like how people watch movies now, very slow pace. But in, in a way that felt right for the story. Nothing felt like excessive. Everything was like just moving the story forward. But uh, the new one... Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. Because we've talked about in a sense pace a couple times in the last in this conversation here and you remember how i said like it felt really slow to me one thing that i never really considered until now is these action scenes these like high octane adrenaline filled action scenes might actually make it feel slower because if the entire thing is slow methodical it's not a whole lot of action in it like the new knives out movie mm-hmm. it's it's the same thing it's a whodunit it's you're watching a game mm-hmm. of clue but there's no real action scenes in Knives Out, and that's good. It's just him figuring it out. And by putting these James Bondy action scenes in Murder in the Orange Express, especially right from the start, I feel like it could kind of peak you up. And you're like, oh man, this is what we're going to get, and then you don't get that, but you get bursts of it every now and then, and it makes for a really uneven viewing experience. So if they just took those action scenes out, I wonder, that'd be an interesting editing experiment, actually, if you took that movie, just yanked out the action scenes, would it appear less slow, even though it would be considerably slower, because there'd be no fast-paced scenes Well, it's funny, because the new one is actually shorter than the one from 74. Um, Yeah, and it probably feels slower, too. (laughs) Um, A a part of me feels like... uh, to one of the places where it kind of went wrong was it tried to like carry the spirit of like an older film that it just wasn't you know something like indiana jones 
Dude, as soon as it started, I was like, I didn't think I was getting any Indiana Jones, but that first like ten minute opening mm-hmm. scene, complete Indiana. Absolutely, Jones. that's what I thought. It felt like it's trying to like inject it with like some old Hollywood, like kind of Spielbergy action moments. Yeah. Or just kind of exciting like set piece moments. And what I loved about the the original one is like the detective is he's like an egg, like anyone could beat him up. He's not someone that you'd be afraid of, but, mm-hmm. and no one on the train, um, I think is really like an actual threat to anyone else, except to, you know, the guy who gets killed. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but everyone else is kind of like just someone who's kind of every day. The detective himself his, doesn't really seem like he's a threat. So at no point, like, are you expecting this to become like a big shootout? Which is kind of nice because uh, it, it doesn't feel fake or inauthentic. It's just a bunch of people trying to figure some shit out on a train, and by the end of it, they mm. have to like have a solution. Whereas the other one's like, we can't just have people on a train. It's too boring. Guns. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's any chance that the writer and or maybe the director can't really say who? But when they were making the new one, they were really into R. Kelly, and that episode where of South Park, where it's just, you know, if they're going about the story, and then R. Kelly shows up, he's like, and then I pull out my gun. <laughs> I, I I wish I could confirm that, but I don't think that's true. Uh... The movie does kind of feel like that, though, right? Like it's slow, slow, slow action, slow, slow, slow. Yeah, because uh, the director is is you know somewhat respected as an actor as well and, and he's directed a lot of movies you know, too i thought he, he did a, a good job at not having seen the first one and regardless of the the take on the character like his accent and everything i thought he did a really good job yeah there are parts of the film that i did enjoy um i i don't mean to just like say it's all awful but i i do think like it kind of missed something to really like anchor it down and and, and make you love it uh which to me was kind of the tragedy of it because the cinematography was good. It looked good. Um, mm-hmm. But it's kind of a weird thing that I, that I do see in a lot of like newer films that are shot, period. Something about it looked kind of too crisp, if that makes sense. Yeah, it looks like it was shot digitally instead of on film, basically. Yeah, and not in a good way. Because, like, for example, if you if you watch, like, you know, There Will Be Blood by PTA... It's shot on film, yes, but there's kind of like a weird, like old patina to it. Like it, it looks like it's representative of of maybe the time that it was shot in. But mm-hmm. with this movie, it just looks so clean, even on the train and when you look at the windows, it all just looks too like artificial. Um, that I, c- mm-hmm. I couldn't really enjoy it. Um, even though it was you know shot well, it just wasn't right felt kind of weird to me so in terms of that who do you think that would fall in do you think it'd be the director cinematographer or set design who do you think uh ulti- went for that crispness i think ultimately it's gonna fall under the director because he's kind of involved in making sure everything looks the way it does but you know some directors don't pay like too much attention to that and they kind of delegate you know relegate things off to their 
to, to their keys to, to give you a, a look or a feel. But there, there's something mm -hmm. kind of off about how, how the movie looks to, to where the story is set and what it's about. Again, like those kind of like crazy visual effects train shot shots of it moving through the mountains. Like I, I didn't like those at all. It felt very strange. Because when I see the other stuff, it just looks like video game cutscenes put into a movie, yeah. which is very hard to like believe and enjoy. Not that I'm supposed to believe it, but I felt so disconnected from the movie as a whole. Hmm. So overall, if you were just to name the like the biggest thing that you felt they did, let's call it less effectively in the new one than the 1974 version, what would it be? I think bringing us into the world in a way that connected us to to what was going on, because it always felt like there was something between me and the movie. Like there's there were too many things that didn't allow me to like just like sit there and want to see this unfold. And and even from the beginning, like the way the movie starts, it just starts on the wall and it has that opening with the kid and the eggs, and uh, mm -hmm. I, I didn't really care it's not like it felt like it was spending too much time on that for example when we would never go back to it or, or it wouldn't really like give us too much more information yeah i remember that opening scene was actually shockingly long mm -hmm. all things considered whereas with um with uh, the old version the way it starts is we're just kind of like watching things happen at the train station and we're introduced to a bunch of characters, but don't really get to know who they are. We're like, who's that? Who's this? Who are all these like rich-looking people? And it showed like them loading stuff onto the train, but it never talked about it. It just showed them doing stuff. And you, and then you start to piece together like, oh, it's probably like a really fancy train. They've got all this food going onto it. And it wasn't until like everyone was on the train that you could really like get to know which, you know, the characters were. They'd start talking to each other. Um, and I felt like it was done well in the first version. Um, but there's something tonally that felt weird too. Whereas like they'd have these like kind of like slapstick goofy moments and then they'd have like more somber serious moments and the way they connected felt so weird to me. Whereas in the old film, it was goofy, um, but it never got too serious. Like it felt like it knew what it was doing. Whereas it didn't need to like jump between like these sentimental sad moments and these like super funny moments, it all kind of felt like it was riding on on, on the right level. Um, that was kind of like the the biggest thing for me, I guess. Okay, that's fair. So, having gone over all of these things about you know, the, call it the current movie and the older one. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for them going in and doing the sequel? Well, if the, if if at some point a new one were um, were to happen, I would want to direct it. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> well, let me tell you, Leif, <laughs> they already shot it, and it's coming out this year. No! <laughs> Starring Michael Bay. Oh, God. The train turns into a robot. Um, Could you imagine that was their master plan? That's why they kept showing the train that way. <laughs> oh my god! Um, I I just don't feel like the the 2017 one offered anything new 
or, or did anything significant enough to make it like the quintessential murder on the Orient Express. I do, I do feel like every time a movie gets remade like that, it's got to try to be better than the one before yeah. or offer something very different. And personally, like, I was actually thinking about, like, if I had a sh- shot to do an, an, a new kind of take on murder on the Orient Express, I would take kind of the base story of Agatha Christie's uh, novel, but then go in a completely different mm-hmm. direction. Like, it would not be set in Europe, and it wouldn't be set in the same time. I'd maybe, like, go to somewhere in Alabama, and then they're transporting a bunch of slaves, and then someone kills the slave master. we got to find out who did it. <laughs> Do something completely different, and... and and make it a, a different story and change the characters and, and really go in a different direction. Because, like, we've seen... There's been a few um, versions of the film. Mm-hmm. And I think even, like, a limited series version of what happens over the story. And they all kind of, like, stay true to, like, the the era and they keep the characters the same. I, I'd love to see something mm-hmm. that really went in a different direction. Because even in the new film, they did change some... Um, character stuff and they change the ethnicity of a few people as well um but it didn't feel like significantly different or or inventive in a way that made you go whoa this is going to be interesting because like for example joel cohen is doing uh macbeth for the for a film and i have no idea what they're going to do but i know they're not just going to do like a conventional version of macbeth Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I can't tell, but I, I know it's gonna bring something new. Uh, and I think with this movie, it, it did not do that at all, which was my big gripe with it. Well, what do you think of like you say, bring something new to it? But like you mentioned, the main character is pretty damn different than from the original movie to this one. So, what do you think? about that aspect of doing that character differently didn't work for you other than being too James Bondy. Well, it wasn't different enough. It felt like it it changed. It just made him kind of slicker because mm-hmm. quintessentially it's like this French detective. Sorry, not French, Belgian. It's Belgian detective um, who's a little quirky but you know has some skill in, in his work. If you look at it from like a macro point of view, yeah, it's the same guy, except this one's a little cooler and he, he doesn't look <laughs> as, as as dumb as the one and as uh, Albert Finney was. But there's nothing mm-hmm. like significantly different that makes him more interesting to look at. Um, I almost think it's less interesting. So if you're gonna take something and redo it i'd say really go for it this felt like it didn't really go for it. it felt like it was like let's change a few things here and there and shoot in some new cameras but we're not going to really do anything that interesting um because like the intro for the old movie i thought that was an awesome uh, intro to a movie it kind of like showed you moments of the murder like in newspapers it had this weird like flashing effect and it had this very like aggressive music behind it and I remember just watching and being like, wow, that was very strange. 
and it, but it it kind of like set you up for like um, focusing on the first part of the movie when they introduce all these people in this mysterious kind of way, whereas the new movie just starts on this kind of like Indiana Jones ripoff action moment in the beginning. Yeah, I'd say that's all totally, totally fair. Um, so, after all of this, after watching these movies, recording this episode, are you going to be there day one when the new movie comes out? <laughs> we'll see. It might actually... <laughs> I know how the story goes. It'll always kind of go the same way. So I'm. this, is, this might be mm-hmm. the one movie where I'll watch the trailer, just to make sure it's doing something different. So what's, what's going to be your reaction if they are doing something different, and what is it going to be if they aren't? If they aren't, I'm going to look at the director and the actors, and then base, base if I'll watch it on that. Hmm. And I'm pretty sure it's all the same people coming back to do it. I mean, like, different supporting cast, but same... Let me check. I think it's the same writer, same director, same Kenneth Brogna, or whatever his name is. Are they doing, it like, a sequel, or...? Yeah, it's called Death on the Nile. Yep, directed by Kenneth Brogna. Same guy wrote it, Michael Green. Ugh, that's that's based. <laughs> but that's based off another book. Yep. Yeah, but it's the same character base. It's just like another story that continues. But yeah. I'm definitely not gonna watch it. <laughs> no, why not? No, no. I, I I hope they can it all and let someone else take a shot at this. Do you want to hear the cast at least? It's probably the same people, right? Uh, doesn't look like it. So Kenneth Brogna, Brana, whatever. Um, Tom Bateman, Annette Benning, Russell Brand, Ali Fazal, mm-hmm. Don French, Gal Gadot, Army Hammer. Oh, I do love me some Army Hammer. I love that guy. Gal Gadot. Rose Lit. Count me out. <laughs> Rose Leslie, Emma McKay, Sophie Okonedo, Jennifer Saunders, and Letitia Wright. No idea who half those people are. (laughs) But they're in a Hollywood movie, so they're doing better than me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I'll probably skip that one. I'm going to make you go. (laughs) You kidnapped me. You pay guys to kidnap me and take me to the theater. And I'm like, just just kill me. <laughs> That'd be so good. Yeah. Wrapping it up, do you have any final thoughts on what people can take away from this dissection of Murder on the Orient Express? Go watch the go watch the old one. I know it's it's nineteen seventy four, it's not like this new fun thing to watch. It's an older movie, but it is in its own way fun. Ending is a little campy, but it's a movie from the seventies. Um, good director, good acting. Albert Finney is awesome in that movie. Ingrid Ber- er- Bergman won an Oscar for her performance. Um, Lauren Bacall's great. Vanessa Redgrave is great. Um, Sean Connery is Sean Connery. And <laughs> so you know, give it a go. And Anthony Perkins is always kind of interesting to watch because everyone knows him as you know that. A creepy dude from Psycho, but he's a 
He's kind of got like a weird edge to him in this movie that I think the guy who played him in the new one didn't really have. Fair enough. This has been Filmcraft. I'm Matt Ralston. This is my buddy Latif. And, uh, Brought to you by Acast. Yeah, we'd like to thank the Supreme Leader for granting us the ability to bring you this episode once more. Thank you, Business Daddy. Oh, yeah. Sweet Business Daddy. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Goodbye. <laughs>